Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey, folks, today is Monday, February 3rd, 2020. You're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered. We're coming live to you from the Congressional Black Caucus Political Action Committee, Emergency National Summit of African-American Leaders. We'll talk about their focus on the census of the 2020 election. Plus, tonight is the Iowa caucuses. We'll talk about that with our panel. Uh, also, River Jesse Jackson Sr. will join me from here to talk about uh, what black leadership must do here in 2020. Also on today's show, Donald Trump, he runs a criminal justice reform ad yesterday's Super Bowl. A black Republican is going to be debating me about that. Huh. She's got some things to answer to. Folks, it's a jam-packed show. It's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Yeah. It's on go, go, roll, y'all. Yeah. It's rolling, Martin. Folks, we're live here at the High Regency Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., where the Congressional Black Caucus Political Action Committee has called for an emergency national meeting of African-American leadership. And so you see the room is packed with folks, uh, CBC members, organizational leaders, fraternities and sororities, and so many others who are here. Uh, I'm going to be emceeing the program in about an hour. We'll be live streaming it right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Their focus here uh, is the 2020 census, but also the election in November, but not just the November, but your elections, your primaries, but also folks who are running for state office, city office, county office as well. And so that's going to be the subject of tonight. They're also meeting tomorrow 
on Capitol Hill. We'll also be live streaming that right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Joining us right now to talk about uh, this emergency meeting is the founder of Rainbow Push, Reverend Jesse Jackson Sr. Uh, Reverend, glad to have you here, as always. Thank you, uh, First and foremost, um, uh, the CBC called for this emergency uh, summit, if you will, of black leadership. Uh, how vital is this? The Iowa caucus is tonight. Folks uh, are trying to figure out who to go with in the election. you got the census. But how critical is this gathering tonight? One of the things that also is important, if you look at polling, uh, where black voters are, uh, black voters, their focus is very simple, to get rid of Donald Trump. And so the folks in Iowa, they are voting uh, all day. Uh, the revolt, uh, they'll be voting tonight as well. Um, what should black voters be demanding of the Democratic candidates? And what are you hearing uh, that's pleasing to you from the candidates? The only best commitment to protect the right to vote. Nothing more fundamental for us. Secondly, extending Pell Grants. So our, our access to education. Food stamps. Minimum for education and food. Uh, Parent Plus loans. Uh, the credit, state, the uh, credit card debt is not as big as student loan debt. These are very fundamental, it seems to me, Roland. And some comprehensive plan to capitalize where we live. Uh, obviously, if you look at, we fast forward past New Hampshire, Nevada, go to South Carolina. Uh, the polls have tightened there, but Joe Biden still has a significant lead among African Americans. Uh, do you expect that to, uh, to continue in your home state? Uh, and what is it about black voters that they're seeing in Joe Biden that they're not necessarily seeing uh, in the other candidates? Well, two things. One, it seems to me that we have to look at Iowa again. Iowa is essentially a white primary. 9% white, 10% black and Latino. In Iowa, you don't just stop by and vote and go on to work. You have to go to a caucus three hours meeting at night. So if you're a worker and you go to a caucus and your boss is there, and your boss for Trump and you for I mean, it, it inherent conflicts, we, we must file for a one-person, one-vote secret ballot. I remember when I was running in 88, two farmers walked to me one night and said, Reverend, say, we, we're with you, but we're not there yet. What they were saying was, we're not ready to go in and debate for you in the, in the crowd. You get my private vote. So, so our, our, our campaign takes with the privacy of the vote. That's the big deal. In South Carolina, I hope that the people will look, look at Biden in totality. Uh, he, he, he's run on something called moderation. I'm not sure what moderation means. Uh, certainly, he is on his championship. He's all declared summers and just... Uh, New Deal, the crime bill, uh, and so he's somewhere between the coattails of, of Barack Obama and being attacked unfairly by the, by the Trump forces. I don't know what that's enough to stand for the, for the long haul. Bernie Sanders, of course, uh, campaigned for you, uh, and so do you believe uh, the internal Democratic Party critics who say that he is too much of a socialist? Uh, to run against Donald Trump, that he can't be the standard bearer for the Democrats uh, in November. The, the language, the language socialism is a problem. You know, interstate highways are social, airport, seaport, social, military, social, penitentiary, social. So we're all social Democrats, or social Republicans. So what you're saying is that he would probably. Do you think he'd be faring better if he was not a self-proclaimed socialist, Absolutely. but simply advocated the issues? The, 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 the language that starts who, who he is. Uh, Interstate highways are not private. All these new airports around the country, they're not private. 
the seaports, you, you, uh, you uh, dig in and, and create ports. They're not private. So we're essentially a public sector economy uh, and, and with private contracts. So Bernie is going to have a good run, but I, I want to see how he and Libby Warren fare out. All right. Also, tell me about it real quick, this lawsuit, Rainbow Push is filed in Iowa. We're contemplating filing a lawsuit because we're against the white primary. For one person, one vote. We're for the sanctity, the privacy of the vote. You go to uh, Iowa, you can't just go and vote. You got to come vote and come to the caucus at night. Well, you might not want to confront your boss or your adversary. Right. Uh, or your next door neighbor. So that, that is an unfair arrangement. All right, then. Ron Jackson, always good to see you. Glad to see you here. Uh, and next time, wear some black and gold. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Reverend. Thanks a lot. All right, folks, Ripper Jesse Jackson Sr. here at the emergency meeting convened and called for by the Congressional Black Caucus. Uh, and so I'm going to be moderating this panel in um, less than an hour. But, uh, of course, uh, we are uh, moving forward with our conversation. Let's get right to uh, the folks there uh, in our studio uh, with our panel here. And so uh, uh, we got, like I say, so I'm here. They're there. But you know what? We're still going to do what we do. Uh, so let's get right to it. Uh, welcome to folks who are there, Dr. Avis Jones DeWeaver, political analyst, uh, Christian Lamar, Republican uh, precinct committeeman uh, by Skype, and Pam Keith, she's attorney and activist. Uh, and uh, Pam, I want to start with you. I want to get your thoughts on what Reverend Jackson said about Bernie Sanders, that uh, part of the issue with Sanders is by calling himself a socialist, that that language will turn off voters, and that actually doesn't help them. Your thoughts? I would agree that nomenclature is a problem here because there's been such a demonization um, and such a such a connection of the word socialism to communism uh, in old world Russia or Cuba. And there's a it's sort of a, a long history about how we associate that word. And what Bernie Sanders is actually talking about is the collective socialism that you see in countries like France or Canada or Sweden, um, all countries that we would admit are capitalistic countries that have socialistic um, safety nets, if you will. And we also have that here. We have a socialistic safety net, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. A lot of our programs are socialistic. We don't necessarily call them that, but that's what they are. What Bernie is saying is that our systems are ineffective and insufficient. That is what he's running on, that our, sa our safety net has got too many holes and the holes let too many fishes through. And that's really why he's so threatening to the right. That is why he's such a danger, is because he is challenging the notion that the, that the operation of government ought to be making wealthy people wealthier. He thinks that the operation of government ought to be taking care of the overwhelming majority of people so that they can be both happy and productive, which drives our economy forward. So I think it's just nomenclature more than anything. Avis, go right ahead. You know, I, I do think that, um, as was said, nomenclature matters. However, the reality is that the way politics is done in this country, he would have been labeled something. You know, uh, we have a long history of how this game is played. He would have been called a liberal, and then liberals would have been demonized. Uh, he's going to be, he's, blamed, he's, he's held on to this socialist democratic um, label for years. That's who he is. He holds it proudly. Uh, we do need a civics lesson, broadly speaking, in this nation so people can understand the difference between social democracies and uh, actually uh, a system that is uh, more like Russia, ironically. Uh, it's interesting to me to have people uh, who want to say that uh, Bernie Sanders or anyone who subscribes to a social democratic system uh, is, in fact, along that spectrum uh, where they're not just social democracies, but they're actually uh, a communist nation. When you have a president in the United States whose best friend is the president of a communist nation. So it's really quite interesting to me. You know I'm not a Bernie fan, but this idea of using this uh, that particular attack against him and sort of conflating that with communism, when, you know, Papa Putin is the person that Donald Trump bows to every step of the way, I find to be beyond ironic. Christian Lamar, uh, first of all, a lot of people say that Donald Trump would love to run against Bernie Sanders uh, because of that socialist label. Agree or disagree? I agree. I agree. I think he definitely does want to uh, be able to contrast the differences between 
a, a, a capitalist country and a socialist country. All we have to do is look at Venezuela. Uh, Venezuela is in ruins right now. Uh, even look at uh, the so-called Canada, uh, uh, their system of the way they do their health care, and their health care is not doing too well because they're relying on a socialist policy, uh, a, you know, a democracy. And I mean, America is a republic. We're a representative republic. We're not a democracy, even though many <laughs> leaders say democracy over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, Article 4, Section 4 says we are a Republican form of government, uh, as well as 4 U.S.C. Section 4 contains uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge of allegiance to the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. So we will never well, be a well, socialist well, country. We will question. never be a communist country. Well, it's interesting you talk about Canadian health care. First of all, their health care ranks better than the United States when it comes to infant mortality and life expectancy. And in fact, the Canadian health care system scores higher among Canadians than the American health care system scores among Americans. And so uh, that's just in terms of what uh, the data there also shows, according to uh, a, a Wharton start study there. Uh, all right, folks, let's talk about right to the Iowa caucus, uh, what is happening tonight. Of course, they're going to be going uh, to these caucuses uh, to vote uh, for the various candidates. Uh, 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 Avis Jones DeWeaver, of course, uh, you look at uh, the polling data, uh, Bernie Sanders surging. You have Pete Buttigieg folks saying he doesn't have to actually uh, win there to actually win the nomination. You also have the Des Moines Register striking their poll because of an issue with one uh, of the calls as well. Uh, but I'll ask all three of you. Uh, is it wrong that Iowa is consistently the number, the first place to vote? Are they too white oh my to God. be the first primary? Yes. Avis. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, as Democrats, I just don't see the logic in having a state that is represented by two Republican senators. Uh, that has Republicans representing them uh, in the House of Representatives, uh, that has a Republican governor, and that has voted Republican in I don't know how many presidential elections now, including voting for Trump, to have that particular state um, be the state, which, as you mentioned, 96 percent white as well, uh, that is the state that ultimately sets the mode of the conversation leading up to uh, the Democratic primary. By the, before one vote has been cast, we've lost, for example, two-thirds of the black candidates. Uh, we have lost uh, Julian uh, Castro. Uh, we have lost so much of the diversity that we had before one vote is cast. And a lot of that reason has, became, has been because the specific uh, lay of the land in terms of the subject matter that was discussed in the previous debates all the way leading up to this has focused quite centrally on the Iowan voter. It makes no sense. Iowa is not representative of the Democratic Party. It's not representative of this nation. And it does the Democratic Party zero good to have that state be centered as the very first primary, or in this instance, caucus in our system. Which, one last thing I will say about that, being that it is a caucus, it. also, it allows anybody to come in. So you could have a very strategic contingent of Republicans come in and caucus for who they believe to be the weakest candidate, which, once again, could sabotage the ability of the Democrats to be able to have their best candidates put forth through the very first uh, contest. Christian Lamar, uh, do you, is Iowa be too white to be the first to vote in America? Uh, you know, I, I think that if people are unsatisfied with having uh, a particular state to be the leading uh, caucus or primary, then the, the folks in the party can change it. And uh, you know, if if well, the Democrats well, well, I, I, actually, or the Democrats, I got I got I got Christian. I want to correct you on one thing. Part of the problem in Iowa is that I believe they have it in their state constitution. So part okay. of the problem and there is Iowa has said Iowa has said in previous years if any state goes before them, they will move theirs earlier. So they put in their constitution. Now I agree with you. Like, what the hell? How can you decide that you're going to be first in the hell of the other 49 states? But go right ahead. And, 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 and again, like I said, if, if, the, if the Democratic Party is not happy with the current situation as far as the order of the caucuses and the primaries, 
then you, the, the power of the people in this representative republic have the power to change that. But it, it's all going to come no, down no, to Christian, Christian, how bad do they want it. How bad do you want it? Now, now, Christian, Christian, I'm asking you, because re mm -hmm. Republicans also vote in Iowa first. I'm asking you, forget Democrat mm -hmm. or Republican, should Iowa be first? I'm not saying that they should be first. I mean, there, there's a lot of states that deserve to, to, no, 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 uh, I'm, to I'm have asking, a No, I'm asking you. No, 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 no. Christian, I'm asking you, should <laughs> Iowa be first regardless if they're Democrats or Republicans? I mean, in my, in my opinion... Uh, because because Iowa is a battleground state because it because it represents uh, uh, states such as uh, Michigan or a state like Wisconsin or another state like Pennsylvania, uh, Iowa does deserve to be in the conversation of being one of the first states. Should they be the first state? Who knows? But 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 it's really up to the people of Christian, Iowa Christian, to determine that. Christian, Christian, hold up, Christian. Can you just answer my question? I'm asking you. I did. I'm asking you. Okay, not in their opinion, not the people. Okay. You said, I don't know, it should be in the conversation. No, I'm asking you, should they be number one? Should they be first, yes or no? As it stands now, I would say yes. Pam Keith. I'm going to disagree. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that that's probably not the best um, outcome. And, I, and, I, and, and my sister here is correct. It is in the Iowa Constitution that they will leapfrog any state that tries to move their primary first. So Iowa can always be first. I also will take issue with the notion that there's any comparability between Iowa and Pennsylvania. Iowa doesn't have any city the size of Pittsburgh or Philly or any kind of diversity that is even remotely uh, comparable to that or Detroit or, or you know, so, so just because it's Midwest doesn't mean it's the same as other Midwestern states. Iowa is not Ohio. Right. Um, they're not comparable that way. But I will say this, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something that's perhaps a little unusual for your listeners, and that Iowa, Iowans um, are a peculiar brand, especially Iowa caucus goers are a peculiar brand. They take their role very seriously. And this is a state where underfunded candidates can actually make a move by ground game. They can actually uh, surprise people and launch themselves because Iowans will take the time, not just to caucus, but to go to all these town halls and all these meetings and meet these candidates in per person and truly vet them. And that is one of the reasons Barack Obama became president of the United States, was because the incredibly white people of Iowa, who took a liking to him on the merits, on the substance of what he had to say because they were willing to meet him and they weren't willing to buy the party line that the only person who could win was Hillary Clinton. They don't buy party lines well, in Iowa. They make their own decisions based on what they actually see and they put in the work to figure out uh, who they like the best and that's something to respect the Iowa caucus goers for. But, but, but here's a piece. There are a bunch of small states but the reality is this here, okay? The reality is when you talk about the caucus, I totally disagree with a caucus system. I, I totally disagree of going there, standing up, and making your case, and then people go to one side of the room or another. No, I believe in one person, one vote. So that's why Ribbon Jackson and I agree. And so I don't think Iowa uh, should go first. Sorry, folks, I'm going to go to my next story here. And that is, of course, Super Bowl was yesterday. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump aired one of the uh, first ads in the first quarter. A lot of people are not happy about that, so watch this ad. Oh, Lord, don't play it again. And we're about to have a conversation. <laughs> you can play it again. I'm free to hug my family. I'm free to start over. This is the greatest day of my life. My heart is just bursting with gratitude. I want to thank President Donald John Trump. I'm Donald Trump, and I approve this message. Not quite sure why Donald Trump went with the uh, black and white video footage. I guess he was trying to evoke back to the civil rights movement. Joining me right now is Angela Stanton King. Uh, she is a CEO and she's founding president of the American King Foundation. Angela, a lot of people took issue with this ad. I did as well. The reality is the woman in the ad 
uh, was not freed through the First Step Act. She was freed because Kim Kardashian West asked Donald Trump uh, to partner her commuter sentence. And so, how are you crossing the two when that wasn't tied to the other? Well, um, she wasn't actually free just because of Kim Kardashian. There were many people that were advocating for her case before Kim Kardashian came on the scene. Now, I didn't see in the commercial where it said anything about the First Step Act, so I'm kind of confused with the correlation. I think that Adams Johnson is just telling her honest truth. She's thankful to the man that gave her clemency. I mean, she was in, arrested off of Joe Biden's 94 crime bill, three strikes you out. This is a woman that had life without parole that for a nonviolent charge. Had it not been for Donald J. J, J Trump commuting her sentence, then she would still be in prison. So I think she has every right to thank the man that thought enough of her to give her a second chance. Yeah, but what you have, though, in that particular ad, you had Donald Trump uh, touting thousands of people uh, who have returned home. The reality is, if you look, if you did a comparison between the number of people, up until this point, Donald Trump has actually commuted only six people. Just six. Uh, so if you compare that, that with President Barack Obama, that, no, 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 no. That would no. be, ba that would be based off of clemency. Mm -hmm. So, if you talk about the first no, step, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, Angela, 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 we're going to walk through facts here. When I say commutations are pardons, I'm specifically talking about presidential powers. So, only six people have had sentences commuted by Donald Trump through clemency. Now, the First Step Act was actually passed by the House and the Senate, signed into law by Donald Trump. That's two separate issues here. And so that's my point there. And so when Trump is talking about uh, so much he's done for criminal justice reform, let's also be clear. The First Step Act doesn't even get passed by the United States Senate unless you have Senator Kamala Harris, Senator Cory Booker, Senator well, Dick Senator Durbin Kamala demanding... Well, Senator Kamala Harris One second, one, one second. Act. Let's be clear one now. Second. No, no, okay. no, no. If you, let me finish the, if you let me finish the statement, you will understand what I'm saying. There were a number of things that Democrats said to Trump and Jared Kushner. These things must be put in this bill, or therefore we're not going to support it. So the bill was strengthened because Democrats in the Senate said it ain't going anywhere. That's actually what happened. So there was a lot of back and forth in regards to the First Step Act, in regards to what was fair and who was getting released. Now, the senators that you mentioned voted against the First Step Act. Now, regardless of who fought for it, we want to congratulate everybody. But what we do know is that President Donald J. Trump signed it into law. And after the First Step Act, he went on to the Second Step Act, which is something that also benefits our community. Ninety percent of the people released from sorry, the First Step wait, Act wait, 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 of the 7,000 so the second, far are black. When was the Second Step Act passed? When was the so Second Step Act passed? The Second Act Step Act, we are already working on the Second Step Act. He's already put in place for them to oh. receive jobs federal jobs, government jobs, rehabilitation, re-entry, successful re-entry. This is something I've but, done but wait, with my wait, own wait. Angela, Angela, organization. Angela, the second, Angela, there is no second step act. It hasn't been Yes, but we started the process. We started the process and the ball is rolling and we have connected people with hires right, right. So directly coming from prison. The second step act is rolling. No, 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 Angela, you can't claim there's a second step act when there's been no act passed by Congress. Regardless if the act has been passed or not, it is rolling. He's already started restoring Angela, people with jobs. Angela, 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 you can't claim that of a... First of all, the First Step Act is a piece of legislation. You can't claim there's a Second Step Act when one has not actually been passed Does by Congress. Does that mean that it's not in the law. works? Does that mean that people aren't working no, behind the scenes no to push it step? through? Does that Angela, mean that we have not Angela. found jobs for returning citizens? No, we have no, not. No, 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 Angela. Angela, you can't claim that he has... You, you said he, that four times. No, so you what I'm saying that. is you keep saying there's a second step act. It doesn't exist. But I gotta ask you No, what I'm here. saying Don't is we're working towards it, and it's already in motion. We have already connected returning citizens yeah. with jobs. Everyone okay. is working that's, hard that's to ensure this. Now, here's the deal. You talk about this whole issue of Donald Trump and criminal justice reform.
But part of the issue with the First Step Act, his own Department of Justice, they are trying to return individuals back to prison who got out under the First Step Act. I why know is about he not that. Weighing in on that, we're his fighting own Department of Justice. Right. So we're fighting. But what? But what? Against that, you Democrats so that against, against it? it as well. Nobody is saying that it's right that they're coming back and these people. Listen, it's not his DOJ. It's people within the DOJ. These are people that have served 25, 30 years on nonviolent crimes. They let them go. They want to put them back in prison. You want to blame Trump for it after he let them go free? Wait, 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 How does wait, that wait, relate? wait, wait, hold on, Angela. Hold up, Angela, Angela. The Attorney General, William Barr, can tell them to stand down. Why won't he? Oh, I'm not Attorney General Barr. I can't answer that question for him. No, 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 but what no, I can you, say no, no, is, no, why Angela, are they I'm wanting to put here. people back in prison? How is that Donald Trump's fault that he released thousands Angela, of people through the Angela, First Step Act and they want to put them back in prison? This. Angela, that's my point. And my point is, if Donald Trump wants to stand there and claim how great he is when it comes to criminal justice reform, why why won't he tell his DOJ to stand down and don't try to put those folks back in prison? Why well, won't here's he the thing. None of those people have gone back to prison. And several of those cases have been dismissed. And this is another thing I want to say. I saw that you had Jesse Jackson on your show, and he was telling us what we should do with our vote. But he failed to mention that the Rainbow Push Co Coalition was started with the help of President Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump is actually, the one that wrong. helped start Rainbow no, no, Push no. Coalition. Actually, so we, oh yes, he did. Okay, okay. Oh yes, he actually, did. Actually, let me. Okay, okay. Let me let me help you. Let me help you here <laughs> so you can understand something when you go through history. Operation Breadbasket then morphs into uh, it morphs into Rainbow Push. So when you say he helped start it, so did Donald Trump? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. Are you trying to say did Donald hold on, hold on, Trump help him or not? Well, Angela, 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 Angela. Are you trying to say when Donald Trump and his daddy were discriminating against black folks in housing in New York in 1973, he was also helping Reverend Jackson? Did you ask? Did see, you ask Jennifer Wayne... Hudson if Donald Trump discriminated when her family was murdered and he put her and her family up and protected them? She's Let me also no 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 no. Let me also ask you this here: If Donald Trump so believes in criminal justice reform, why is he and Bill Barr? Why are they targeting progressive prosecutors in cities who are actually doing even more work to end mass incarceration? Targeting them how? How's he have targeting them? Heard Barr and, have because Barr and Trump have been highly critical of progressive district attorneys across the country. William Barr spoke in front of law enforcement saying they were going to increase crime. Trump trashed those progressive DAs when he spoke to law enforcement in Chicago. So how can you be for criminal justice reform, but then you're trashing progressive DAs who are actually trying to end mass incarceration? You can be for criminal justice reform by actually signing an executive order for the First Step Act and freeing thousands answer, of people from prisons. That's how you can it's be Angela, for it. Angela, and you stop. can still Angela, be fighting Angela, for it and working Angela. for it now. Listen, listen, I'm Angela, not here Angela, to speak on behalf all, of the William First Step Barr. Act was not this is an what executive I can order. tell you. This is what I can tell you. But the First I can Step tell Act was, was not an executive order. It was a law. That spent time in prison, okay? I was a woman that spent time in prison that gave birth handcuffed to a blade. A black woman had my daughter snatched right out of my arms. I took my story to this president, and this president made it illegal for women to be chained to a bed during childbirth. Not only that, this president stands for life, which preserves black babies. Now, if he is a racist and a white supremacist, someone please tell me why Angela, he's freeing black people from prison and stopping Angela, Planned Parenthood from aborting our children. 
Angela, that first of all, that had nothing to do with the topic at hand, but let me also ask you this question here. If Donald Trump then is so concerned about mass, mass incarceration and criminal justice reform, why did he allow Attorney General Jeff Sessions and backed up now by William Barr to, and Donald Trump has said himself, to pull back from police department consent decrees? So they don't so want to hold the cops accountable. I can't, I can't answer that because I'm well, not aware of that. Angela, this is Angela, 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 one of the first, one of the first decisions of Jeff Sessions when he became attorney general was to try to end the police consent decree in Baltimore. A federal judge said no. He tried to end the consent decree among cops in Chicago. Attorney General Lisa Madigan had to sue the Trump administration to stop that. Jeff Sessions and Donald Trump and William Barr have publicly said that they're going to pull back on consent decrees because they're hurting the morale of cops. So how can you say you for the issue of mass, any mass incarceration that you are standing up and allowing cops who are beating folks and you're against consent decrees? Explain that. Who's saying that? So how is he standing and allowing cops to beat folks? Now, are you serious? You stand because, Donald Trump stand right there and allow no, him listen, to beat somebody. No, 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 listen. Come on Donald now, Trump, Ronald. You're not Donald being Trump. real. Angela, listen, Angela, do you know Angela, that Donald by the Trump, time Jeff do you Sessions, know that in the next 10 years, over 100,000 people are going to be released from prison because of the First Step Act? Do you know that these are your brothers and sisters that are serving life sentences because of Joe Biden, who Jesse Jackson was just pushing? These people are serving life without Let me parole ask you a question, sentences Angela. under three Angela, strikes, sorry, mandatory sorry, Angela, minimum law. Angela, so that you, you, you know Angela, everyone's upset uh, Angela, with Donald Trump for dismantling the 94 crime bill, but nobody's Angela. upset with Joe Biden and Bill Clinton Angela. and Bernie Sanders. They're the reason we Angela, have mass incarceration. First of all, so uh, how's all the anger Angela, at Trump? Angela, 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 you're absolutely wrong with your numbers. First of all, there are 2.3 million people who are in prison in America. Only 230,000 of them are on the federal level. Okay, the vast numbers and are state prisons. how many of them prisons. are sentenced the, under Angela, the three strikes? Angela, you're Angela, Angela, I'm not done. How many? The first step. Because you act, got the numbers. Angela, I'm not done. Angela, I'm not done. The first step act does not cover. The, the people, the 2 million who are, the 2.1 million who are in state, are in state and local prisons. prisons. The first the president the does the first not have the authority to act Angela, on the state level. That's Angela, each individual governor. Angela, so the first step We got Democratic cities. Why aren't those governors people? releasing those people? Why aren't Democratic Angela, governors releasing wrong. those people? What Angela, do you mean? I'm Angela, I'm he doesn't very, have... Listen, Angela, you can't does the president say, have, that, Angela, does the, president have Angela, the right Angela, or authority to I've already said he doesn't. I just said prison. it. I just said he doesn't. I just said he doesn't. The point I'm right. making to you, when you say 100,000 are going to be released on the federal level, that's simply incorrect. How is that incorrect when the numbers are there? Over a 10-year okay. period right. of time? This is something that happens over time. People get good time. They get credit. They get their sentences reduced. This is something that Got happens it. over a Here's time Angela, period. So Angela, my thing Angela, is, is how is it that we're so simple. upset with Trump for freeing people, but we're not upset no. with Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders and 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 no, here's Bill Clinton for locking here's them up. Deal. Here's the deal. First of all, people were upset with that. First of all, Hillary Clinton was tagged because of that by a whole bunch of people as well. But here's the deal. If Donald Trump, if Donald Trump, if I'm not done, if Donald Trump truly wants to be about ending criminal justice reform, what Donald Trump should do is tell his Department of Justice. And not only that, one of the first things that Jeff Sessions did was overturn the Eric Holder rules where he told his assistant U.S. attorneys, go for the highest sentencing possible. So you can't, on one hand, say, so oh, then, But I'm if for Obama was in office for eight years, why didn't he do it? Why we got to wait for a white still, man to do something for us, a black man wouldn't? That's oh, what I want to know. See, Angela, why Angela, is so much Angela, pressure Angela, on Trump with, when we had Angela, eight years with Obama? Angela, 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 because your party, Angela, would not let him do it. Your party, in fact, and the your party is aborting full-term no, no, babies and calling for poor Angela, women of color to Angela, abort their children. Angela, Angela, I'll be happy to quote you. The, Angela, the Mississippi governor has said, "Our people will be screaming if Obama Pat did what Trump did on criminal justice reform." Your party blocked Obama from passing the criminal justice reform. But he Jeff passed Sessions the Fair Sentencing Act and, and, uh, and, and left I'm all those done. people in prison that done. was sentenced under the I'm 94 not done. I am not done. 
I am not done. Your, your supporters of Jeff Sessions and Tom Cotton, Obama is here. Angela, your party would not let Obama pass a criminal justice reform bill, and so you better own that. What was the fair citizen act? Obama, what was the fair Obama citizen could have passed. Obama could have passed a massive criminal justice reform bill, but your party would not allow it. Those are the okay. facts, Angela. And, and Trump can pass more bills, too, but y'all hating on that. The whole Democratic Party is focused on illegal immigrants, so I don't understand. It goes and back go. and forth. And it's go. not one particular Trump, party. And, and, People and vote on what their interests are. You go. But if we can focus on and what's happening now, because we're going to have Angela, another you four years, because y'all don't have a candidate that can beat him. Angela, so what we Angela, should do Angela, is focus Angela, on it now and what it. we're going to do in the next four years and how we can work Angela, together. Donald Trump is a... Angela, Donald Trump is a liar when it comes to criminal justice reform, and he is not who you say he is. But How I is he a liar when all these people are free? He's a liar. He's a liar. But they're grateful. Right, they're glad to be it. home. I got black men and women it. that's I'm home go to with their kids. I'm going to go to my panel here. I'm going to go to my panel go here. I'm going to go to Pam Keith Bye. real quick here. Pam. I no, no, I appreciate it. Pam Keith, this is very simple, okay? I met with Jared Kushner when they were doing the First Step Act. Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, who's here, was one of, one of the folks who was also advocating on this issue. But the fact of the matter is, Donald Trump is trying to play a shell game here on criminal justice reform. On one hand, he wants to tout the First Step Act and put folks in ads, but he does not want to say anything but the various issues that I raised. You know what? I think we need to educate the audience about something. There is a difference between a commutation and a pardon. The commutation just says you don't have to serve out the rest of your sentence. You can go home. A pardon says I for you, I forgive you. You are completely pardoned. You're you're good. You, it, it takes it away. Donald Trump chose to pardon rank criminals like Joe Arpaio, like Gallagher, the Navy SEAL who was a war criminal. Donald Trump pardoned them. He did not pardon this woman who was on a non violent drug offense. He did not pardon her, but he could have. He didn't, right? So we are supposed to be happy with the little crumbs because that is the game of the GOP. Throw a few little crumbs to the black people and you're going to make them, you know, you're going to make them happy. I mean, we, they've gone so far as to throw them some money, buy their votes, have these events and have them come and get some cash. It is the most disrespectful thing in the world to try to rewrite history as if incarcerating black people wasn't the number one priority of the GOP. You're going to talk of this woman was talking about Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders as if, you know, uh, Chuck Grassley didn't exist and Lindsey Graham didn't exist and all of these GOP senators who were driving this didn't exist. The reason the, the, the crime bill passed when it did was because crack was such a problem in the black community and black leaders, black pastors were asking Congress to do something. Congress did do something. It just so happened to be the wrong thing, the Got thing it. that had downstream consequences. But it wasn't because Democrats hated I black people. That's ridiculous. That woman I, that was just I, I on gotta, I gotta, is hold just on one second. factually hold on. wrong. I, I want to go to Christian here. Christian, first of all, let me real clear. I'll make it perfectly clear. If you do good, I'll talk about you. If you do bad, I'll talk about you. I've been highly critical of Democrats when it comes to the uh, criminal justice reform bill, excuse me, when it comes to the 1994 crime bill, reminding people on this show that it was Joe Biden who pushed it uh, and Bill Clinton who signed it. But also, I'm going to also say that it was Barack Obama and Joe Biden as vice president who lowered the crack cocaine powder disparity to one of the first bills that he signed. The fundamental problem that I have with Donald Trump hailing himself and his supporters hailing himself as this major criminal justice reform warrior is that on one hand it's the first step act but on the other hand the very actions his department of justice is doing to actually put more folks in jail that to me christian is a problem you know you know roland i would really love to be on your show and, and talk to you about this for <laughs> over 30 minutes and we just don't have the time but let me just hit on as many points as i can uh, number one, there is no secret that the Department of Justice does not like the First Step Act. Uh, Senator Mike Lee and several other senators 
uh, question uh, Rosen, who is now the deputy attorney general, about implementing the First Step Act. And they made it perfectly clear that the DOJ does not want the success of that piece of legislation to happen. So that is perfectly clear. But, My uh, second point is— But why won't Donald Trump tell his attorney general, Bill Barr, I, get in line? Why won't he do I, it? I, I'll tell you why. Uh, many people do not understand that the American Bar Association, as well as other associations, have tremendous power when it comes to the criminal justice system. And even the president of the United States himself, as a single man, even if he walked into the DOJ right now and fired thousands of people, he would still be cleaning the DOJ out for years to come, and and and, and come on, for Chris many Diddy. months, for come on, can I, finish? can I finish? Can I finish? For many months, for many months, there were several Democrats who said that it was a lie that the DOJ and FBI did not take manufactured evidence into the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, and now we have a come ruling on, from the from the Foreign Intelligence Christian. Surveillance Court confirming F FISA that has nothing to do with this topic. Were not Christian, valid. FISA has nothing to do with this topic. FISA doesn't yeah, do with this yes, topic. Here's the reality. No, no, it doesn't, Christian. The, the whoa, Attorney whoa. General, the Attorney General establishes policy in the Department of Justice. If Bill Barr was serious about it, he would say this is the official policy, but Christian, he will not do it. But, but, but Roland, again, I, I, I'm trying to explain this as, as nicely as I possibly can. The Department but, but Christian, of Justice. I'm sorry, Christian, is what you're saying is wrong. The American uh, uh, Bar Association does wrong, not run Roland. the Department of Justice. If, if, if I was wrong, if I was wrong, can you please can you please explain to me why the American Bar Association was making political statements against the President of the United States? Uh, people like Hillary Bass, who was saying that the uh, that President Trump uh, is abusing his power or how he doesn't <laughs> understand the okay. uh, They're making political okay. statements. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, Avis, oh Avis, 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 real quick. Avis, can you go ahead and jump in? Because uh, uh, I want you to make your point, then, my, then I'm going to interview with Congresswoman Karen Bass. Because yes. I can't, I mean, there's the delusional Republicans who, want, who somehow want to say that now Donald Trump and William Barr don't run DOJ. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Listen, go ahead, Avis. all you have to do is look at the quote-unquote transcript, which really wasn't a transcript, that was at the root of the entire impeachment that we're finishing up now to show how closely aligned President Trump and Barr is when he specifically pointed to Barr as someone these Ukrainians should be able to connect with in order to carry out his drug deal. So you, you can't now go and say that Barr isn't going to do anything that Trump tells him to do because they coordinate all the time and we have it right there in black and white. If he could do it for that, he could do it for this. I, I don't, okay, I don't understand. Let me quickly go to Congresswoman Karen Bass. She's the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus out of California. Congresswoman Bass, glad to have you here. And we were talking about the, uh, the ad that Donald Trump ran yesterday during the Super Bowl. And I've been making the point that, uh, and again, I'm someone who said I supported the First Step Act. Many Congressional Black Caucus members supported it. Congressman Hakeem Jeffries was leading it in the House. You had CBC members fighting for it in the Senate. The problem I have is this here. It's the shell game. Trump wants, Trump wants to take credit for criminal justice reform, right. but then here's the Department of Justice right. where they say, no, go after go to the, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the most years you can get in the sentencing. They want to pull back on consent decrees. Right. They're going to use private prisons. And so it's like you're doing this one thing over here, like, hey, I'm doing these great things. Then over here, you're also slamming progressive district attorneys who are actually fighting mass incarceration. Right, exactly. But, you know, and the real deal is, is that it was the Congressional Black Caucus that led on the first step. Now, we knew he was going to take credit, but it was more important for us to help 40,000 of our people get out of prison and to make some of the reforms that are in the First Step Act. We understand that real criminal justice reform, thorough criminal justice reform isn't going to happen as long as he's in office. 
but it was important to get done what we could. Also, and it was Republicans, like one of my guests, uh, Angela Stanton King, said, what did Obama do? Republicans blocked Obama, exactly. who had a massive criminal justice reform but bill. But he did get some things done, and one of the most important things he did in the first few months of his administration, once again, led by the Congressional Black Caucus, he signed the legislation that reduced the sentencing of crack cocaine. The other thing that Obama did, and we watched this throughout his presidency, he released lots and lots of people who had drug offenses who had been incarcerated for way, way, way too many years, if they ever should have been convicted in the first place. So, so let's talk about this here. Uh, why has this gathering here been called? Because this is an emergency convening. Because 2020 is the year where we either figure out how to fix this stuff, or we have our next two generations that are essentially screwed. Why? Because what the Republican agenda is, is to make sure that they fill up the courts. So it doesn't matter whether we win elections or not, they can take whatever legislation we pass to the courts. And so they're going to go through all kinds of efforts to suppress our vote. The other reason why this is called is because of the census. So we have to think short term, and short term is the election, long term is the census, and they have a pretty cynical plan around the census this time. The census is supposed to be filled out online. So all of your listeners are going to get a postcard that says, go online and fill out your census. Now who's going to do that? Now, you know if we're not counted what that means. But also in Texas, they've actually set no money aside right. well, that's for the, the census. Thing. I mean, it's like, it's as it, it was crazy that you would want to do it in order for your state to get more money. Exactly. So what Texas is going to do then is to just depend on the federal money. And that's just crazy. That's not adequate. In California, very liberal state, our state's added $100 million to the budget for the census. One of the things that I have talked about, uh, and Dr. King wrote, wrote this in his uh, book, Chaos or Community, he said that there are four institutions uh, that are pr prime position uh, to really save black Americans. The black church, the black press, he said fraternities and sororities, and professional uh, organizations. And uh, one of the things that I've said across the country is that uh, gatherings like this are fine. The problem I have is too many of our institutions do not even realize the collective power that we have exactly. in terms of our numbers. The Divine Nine alone has more than two million members. Uh, the ability to be able to press a button and to activate all of those grad chapters. And I think part of this deal for me is, when I speak to these various groups across the country, is that is that they're gathering, but they're not saying, no, no, how do we use our organizational right. power right. to be able to make something happen? That's right. That's right. That's absolutely. But I would add a category to that, and I would add grassroots organizations, because there's a lot of social justice grassroots community organizations that are involved in turning out the vote. We'll hear about some of them tonight. And I do think that we need to add our collective power. That's why we call this a National Black Leadership Conference, to bring everybody together to talk about how to do exactly that. All right, we'll do that. because So we're starting in seven minutes. Uh, and so uh, what I'm going to do is let you go. we got to get ready. I'm going to be on stage as well. And so we'll be live streaming. So I appreciate it, Congresswoman. Thank, Thank you so very much. Uh, I want to go to uh, our panel here real quick before Congressman Hawking Jeffries comes up. Uh, I'll start with you. Uh, uh, Avis, when it comes to what do you want to see this group here uh, do after today and tomorrow? Well, I'd love for them to be able to have a strategy around how we can not only work together to energize our, our, our electorate, but really get them sort of um, uh, sort of uh, persuaded to understand how important this particular vote is, and particularly uh, making sure that black men are very much engaged in this election and turnout at maximum levels. Really think strategically about how each of these organizations, as you mentioned, can work collectively to maximize our impact uh, come November 3rd. Christian? Uh, I absolutely believe that uh, black men will definitely be engaged in this election and the subject that we just got, just got done talking about criminal justice, that's one of the top issues. And, uh, and the idea that, uh, that the 1994 Clinton crime bill didn't have a provision in it that said that 85% of prison sentences would be served and the state would get in return 
monies to build, construct, and form prisons is totally a fallacy. Joe Biden's 1994 crime bill was absolutely the cause of mass incarceration, and the and uh, and the figures from the uh, from the uh, uh, from the bureau actually showed that. Uh, Christian, Christian, the question I asked you is, what do you want to see after this meeting is over when it comes to collective black leadership? What I want. I want. I, I, I would love to see. I'd love to see some some black men actually standing up and talking about some of the things that they would want. That's what I would love to see. All right, Pam. I, I think really um, there's a a great disinformation out there about the risk to the vote of black people, which is really what's at issue in this impeachment, and it's at what's at issue in this next election. We have an entire political party that is banking on disenfranchising as many black and brown people as they possibly can, suppressing as many black and brown votes as they possibly can, gerrymandering them out of existence, if at all possible. And we have to be clear-eyed and sober about that direct threat. It's one thing to worry about putting people in jail, uh, and I think everybody should. But the bigger threat to the black community is not the one or two percent that are in jail. It's the number of black people who are getting disenfranchised every single day. And when we lose our voting power, we lose our ability to make any kind of change, positive or otherwise, in the country going forward. We are the conscience of the country. They count on us to show them the path that is right and righteous for everyone. Because when things are good for black folks, they're good for everyone. Um, and so the biggest threat facing our country is disenfranchisement of our community. And I certainly hope that that is a top topic of that conference that you're attending right now. All right, Pam, I certainly appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. I want to thank Pam Avis as well as Christian for being on my panel right now. I want to quickly go to Congressman Hakeem Jeffries uh, with the House leadership, but also, uh, of course, somebody who was intimately involved with the passage of the First Step Act. Uh, we were talking about the, the, the Super Bowl commercial Donald Trump ran yesterday. And uh, I'm one of the folks uh, who's supportive of the First Step Act, like many folks as well. But I got a fundamental problem when he runs around as if he is the criminal justice reform king, when he is actually taking actions that directly contradict criminal justice reform. That's correct. Well, you know, <coughs> first thing that's important to note is that the First Step Act was the byproduct of years and years of advocacy yours included, uh, including governmental work that was done with leadership from Barack Obama and Eric Holder, uh, as well as Loretta Lynch. And so, while certainly President Trump helped get it over the finish line, the notion that you can isolate the work that was done on the First Step Act from everything else that he's doing in terms of decimating civil rights and voting rights and trying to jam up our communities as it relates to the census, and doing other things in terms of creating a climate and a culture where hatred has been allowed to fester. Over the last few years, we've seen a rise in hate crimes. Things, as you pointed out, that are directly contrary to the spirit of criminal justice reform. But even if you, even if you stay within the criminal justice reform lane, the reality is uh, Jeff Sessions and William Barr both said prosecute as get as many years as you can. Pull back on consent decrees. We're going to build. We're going to use private prisons again. Uh, that uh, they have, they've attacked progressive district attorneys who've been elected to target mass incarceration. That is what they've done. And so my deal is, I'm going to say yes. Were you the president who signed uh, the First uh, Step Act? Yes, you did. But you also, and your administration, doing all these other things over here. That's right. Let's evaluate the entire record. My grandmother used to have a saying for this: "You're talking out of both sides of your mouth." And at the end of the day, um, the totality of his record in the criminal justice reform space and beyond is going to be what's important for black people to evaluate in terms of what happens in November. All right, Congressman, uh, real quick, what do you hope to see comes out of this gathering after tomorrow? Well, two important things. The urgency of making sure that we participate in the electoral process. Not a single person from our community should stay home. The stakes are as high as they can. We want to make sure that black folks in particular vote like your life depends on it because their quality of life will absolutely depend on it. And we also want to make sure that we fully mobilize for participation in the census. There's a reason why Trump wants to stop us 
as a community, as communities of color, from participating because it not just will determine political representation, but resource allocation, right. which is incredibly important. All right, Congressman Jefferson, Rolling. I appreciate, appreciate you, a lot, brother. Always. All right, folks, that's it for me. Uh, we got to go. Of course, this is about to start right now. I want to thank all of you who watch Roller Martin Unfiltered. Uh, this is why we have this platform. This is why it's black-owned and independent, because guess what? Uh, we're the only folks who are here. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, ABC, NBC, CBS are not here. we got to have our own platforms covering our issues and our stories. Please support what we do at RollerBartonUnfiltered.com. All right, folks, we're going to end the show. And we're going to immediately pick up the live stream of this summit uh, for you to see as well. So please be sure to like, share, and pass it on. I got to go. Holla! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.